Coming up on today's episode, we have Dolphins talk for you here today. We have a lot of Dolphins talk, actually. So, mock draft season is here. The NFL draft is one month away. I got two mock drafts that I'm going to go over with you guys today, pick by pick here. I'm sharing all of my picks, and then my uncle Ralph chimed in and shared his mock draft with me. So I'm going to break down mine, break down his, tell you guys a couple prospects, let you know a little bit about them. A couple guys I think you should keep an eye on and watch some highlights on. A lot of prospect talk, a lot of mock draft stuff here, and just overall who would be a good fit for the Dolphins so I think you guys are going to enjoy that as well I do give a quick update on the Teron Armstead news what's up with that why it's important why we need 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 to get a deal done there and I talk about the Sean Watson trade my reactions to that Matt Ryan going to the Colts a lot of NFL talk for sure like always then we shift things on over to some Miami Heat and NBA talk as there's only 10 games remaining in the NBA season, like, man, time flies. It's almost playoff time, so I'll give you guys my thoughts on the Miami Heat, share my three games of the week from the NBA side of things, all that and a lot more coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. All right, everybody, so full disclaimer here, this is just my luck. And you're going to hear this on the podcast. I purposely recorded my podcast to come out a day later because I had a good, good feeling that Teron Armstead was going to sign with our Miami Dolphins after I would record my podcast normally and put it out on Tuesday. So I waited an extra day and then I said, all right, I guess this is not happening. Waited to about like 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. I said, I guess I'm just going to have to record the podcast without. And then, of course, after I record my entire podcast, go and chill, the news breaks. <laughs> and the news breaks that offensive tackle Teron Armstead, the number one free agent in the class, officially signing a five-year, $75 million deal with the Miami freaking Dolphins plus incentive. So at the end of the day, am I mad that I recorded my podcast before? A little salty, but at the end of the day, like our Miami Dolphins just got a fucking left tackle. Like our Miami fucking Dolphins just got a left tackle and a damn fucking good one at that. The best free agent on the board signs with us. Best free agent tackle offensive lineman on the board coming to Miami like that's big time news that's big time news I'm gonna keep the podcast as is so you guys will probably hear me getting you know a little bit antsy expecting the deal done so you'll hear me talk about that just a bit right before I get into my mock drafts and things like that so there's still plenty of things to look forward to in the podcast it was only probably about like three minutes where I covered a little bit of Armstead in there um well now that we signed him I guess you could look back and laugh at it since I was panicking just a tad. You guys be the judge of that. But man, what a great day to be a Dolphin fan. What a great way to start Wednesday off, <laughs> you know, hearing great news the night before. 
that our Dolphins have a freaking left tackle, somebody to protect to us, somebody to really solidify that offensive line, somebody who's going to help mentor the young guys like a Liam Eikenberg, like a Robert Hunt, and somebody that's going to freaking protect our quarterback and Tua. He needs the protection. We can't roll out there with nobody again, okay? So one position only, but it's an important position. The tackle position is very important, very important for Tua's health, very important for what we want to do, very important for our running game that we look to really establish under head coach Mike McDaniel. This is a great damn day. This is a great start to the day. You got a celebration that you got a tackle late last night, and you get a Miami Sports Vibes podcast on a Wednesday. So how about it? How about it? Nothing but great vibes entirely. And I talked about it also, which you're going to hear later on in the podcast episode. You know, you sign to Ron Armstead, like this becomes a, from a good free agency to a great free agency. And this absolutely makes it a great free agency. Man, welcome to the Miami Dolphins, Teron Armstead. Five years, $75 million deal. Let's just hope the man stays healthy. I'm surprised it's a five-year deal. Don't get me wrong, especially with the injury, with the injury history. Is he going to be able to last five years? Who knows? But at the end of the day, they got the number one offensive line in free agency. And that's a position that we needed. You had to do whatever you had to do to get this guy. And I'm damn glad that Steven Ross said fuck it and did it. So five-year deal, whatever. Listen, fact of the matter is we got the damn guy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And let's make the best out of it. Three-time Pro Bowler, ladies and gentlemen. Teron Armstead, welcome to the Miami Dolphins. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Welcome, everybody, on this Wednesday edition of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and joining me here today. I know I am a day late, usually putting this podcast out on Tuesdays, but we got a Wednesday edition for you guys. And mainly, it was because Mr. Teron Armstead, who the Dolphin fans and myself want badly to sign with the Dolphins, was meeting out with the Dolphins yesterday, right here recording this on Wednesday midday, over 5 p.m., a little bit over ahead of 5 p.m. Eastern time here. No deal has been made yet. I said, you know what? I can't, I can't, like, I got to record my podcast. I got to talk some dolphins. I'm, I'm itching to talk dolphins. I want to talk mock drafts. I want to talk a little bit of an update around the NFL. And I couldn't wait anymore. God damn it. I thought it was going to happen yesterday. So I said, you know what? Let me not record my podcast and then have him sign afterwards. But of course, just my luck. He didn't sign yesterday. Hasn't signed here today. By the time you guys are listening to this, I mean, Damn it. (laughs) Come on. Sign already. I mean, we desperately need this man. I mean, those of you guys who don't know, I mean, Teron Armstead is pretty much the best tackle remaining in free agency right now. And honestly, you guys that know Dolphin football, we need that position and we need that position badly. Can we address it in the draft? Sure. But have we had success in that? Absolutely not. Do you fully trust Greer to say, oh, I'm going to go get myself a good uh, left tackle, right tackle? in the draft hell fucking no and then we are picking 29th in the draft so that's already you know a little bit iffy there 
But, hey, everyone wanted Lael Collins. So did I. We missed out on that. We missed out on Morgan Moses, Trent Brown, pretty much all the good, good linemen that are out there. But the best one remains there. Now there are some issues. People ask, okay, if he's the best, why hasn't he signed yet? Well, it's simple as that. He's 30 years old. He's weighing in at 304 pounds. He's a big boy. But he has injury concerns and injury history. Only playing eight games last year, that's a big, big red flag. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? How many years is he going to give you? Is he going to give you one and a half? Is he going to give you two? I honestly think he can give you two. But with our luck, I mean, maybe even one and a half. I mean, when you're injury prone and you're that big of a body, I mean, it's bound to just happen again, especially coming off already an injury last year. And, you know, if you're a Dolphin, just bad luck happens. Like, that's just, that's what we're used to over here. But at this point, Dolphins have no time to mess around. Like, this is an absolute deal that has to be done. We can't just go into this season without signing an offensive lineman. Like, it's really, really essential for Tua, for this whole team, for the fan base. Like, we all know how important it is to get out of this free agency with alignment. So, even though... You can get the best one here, but there's some injury risk. You got to fucking do it. You got to do it. I don't care how much it costs you. I don't care what you got to do. This is something that has to be done. And the best thing that can happen is, obviously, he can stay healthy for the whole year. But you know what? If not, he's going to be able to teach these guys, take a couple guys under his wing, help out an Austin Jackson. I mean, you know he needs all the fucking help he can get. Eichenberg, he can take him under his wing. Dieter, um, who else? Robert Hunt can only get better at picking a brain like Teron Armstead out. So fingers crossed, hopefully it gets done. I mean, at this point, even after I record, as long as it gets done at some point, I'm happy, and I know Dolphin fans will be happy as well. But we got to get that deal done for sure. Three-time pro bowler. Like I said, there's injury history, but you can't just walk out of free agency striking out from an offensive line perspective. Absolutely not. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. Can't do it. But other things to talk about. The Dolphins did make a move that I didn't get to talk about last week because it happened during the week, and that was signing running back Raheem Moster. Now, Raheem Moster is a freaking stud, okay? Those of you guys that have been watching any type of 49ers football, those of you guys that play fantasy, if you picked up Raheem Moster at any point while he's healthy, you know He's a beast, but that's the key. Can he stay healthy? So he's been battling injuries, obviously had an injury-riddled season last year, but, I mean, throughout his career, I mean, he averages 5.7 yards per rush. Like, the dude is a stud when healthy. Now, that's the key. Only 29 years old, relatively young, but in 2020, look at this stat right here. In 2020, 104 rushing attempts, 521 yards, two touchdowns. Numbers aren't crazy, but he was sharing workload there. Nonetheless, still got five yards per carry on those attempts. Also caught out of the backfield. 16 catches, 156 yards, and one touchdown receiving. Now in 2019, this season, he balled the hell out. 137 rushing attempts, 772 yards, eight touchdowns rushing, 5.6 yards per carry, and 14 receptions, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. So 10 total touchdowns in the 2019 season. If he can get you somewhat close to that i mean wow that's an absolutely nice pickup nonetheless i think it was a very very low risk but high reward here if this man can stay healthy man he will only pop and mike mcdaniel obviously is very 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 familiar with him so we'll see how that goes down but nonetheless i mean the dolphins free agency moves have been honestly great to me i think they've been really really great except 
you know what? I'm going to say it was good. It's been good, and why it's not great is because we still really need to get to Ron Armstead. I think if he gets signed, it's a great free agency. I mean, those of you guys who don't know, like, quick little recap. started off by us re-signing Emmanuel Ogba, which is absolutely something we needed to do. Getting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, which is an absolute excellent backup for Tua. Great role model. You know, he can take him under his wing. He can help him. He sees the games. He has a lot of experience. So, And he's coming back home to Miami. Signing running back Chase Edmonds, who I think is a really, really good player coming from Arizona. Resigning Mike Kosicki was also another thing we did. Bringing back Nick Needham, obviously on a second-round tender. Alec Engel, fullback, signing him. His vision, I don't know what the vision is, but Mike McDaniel is a genius, so I'm sure... You know, signing a fullback here, he, he's going to get some work. You know, re-signing Durham Smythe, I thought that was a nice move. Signing Connor Williams, which is a guard. More offensive line help, why not? Raheem Moster, who we talked about. Bringing back a Landon Roberts. Linebacking position is essential, and I love a Landon Roberts to begin with. Great job. Signing also wide receiver Cedric Wilson Jr., who I think is going to be a freaking stud from the Dallas Cowboys. Paid some good money for him, but hey. The potential's there, and he is up and coming, ladies and gentlemen. Believe me. Resigning Preston Williams. Preston Williams, everybody knows. Please, show us you can get healthy. You know the talent is there. Get freaking healthy. Nice to see him back, at least having a chance to do something. I, quite frankly, don't. I lost a lot of hope in him, but hey, he can prove me wrong. Resigning Sam McGuavin as well. Another linebacker who's obviously familiar with our system like that we brought back him, Brennan Scarlett as well, and we re-signed Sheldrick Redwine, young safety from the Hurricanes. So I kind of like what the Dolphins have done in free agency overall. But like I said, big news still remains, and that is Teron Armstead. Will he sign with us? Will he not? Obviously, once I find out, I am definitely going to dive deep into the podcast and talk about it. But Let's flip the page, sticking it with Miami Dolphins talk for sure. But ladies and gentlemen, we're about officially a little over a month away from the NFL draft. And those of you guys who know, I am huge when it comes to the NFL draft. Now, usually I get started with mock drafts and getting a look at a lot of players a little bit earlier in the process, but got a little bit of a late start. But hey, I mean, we're about four, a little over four weeks away. I'm going to be doing mock drafts weekly here, and I got two for you here today. So I'm going to break down the picks, give you guys who I like, give you a little background on the players I chose, and then I had an uncle of mine share his mock draft as well with me. I'm going to break down his picks as well. So we're going to go over two mock drafts, let you know a couple of guys I like, a couple of guys I think you should keep an eye on, and yeah, let's get started. Let's have some fun with this, shall we? So for mock draft number one, we're getting things started with my mock draft. This will be the mock draft that I did. And ladies and gentlemen, those of you that don't know, our Miami Dolphins are picking at 29, 50th, 102, 121, 125, 158, and 224. So we have a bit of a gap here right after we pick 29th and 50th, waiting 52 spots till we pick again. So That's going to be rough, but nonetheless, let's get things started. So at pick 29, I took my favorite prospect here, my favorite linebacker in the draft. Guys, if you guys have not watched any of these names that I'm about to throw out here on this mock draft, 
I advise you guys to go on YouTube. Take a couple of minutes out of your time. You don't have to watch a full-on video. You don't have to watch the full 9, 10-minute highlight videos, but give yourself at least two to three minutes on each of these prospects, and you'll see some great, great things. So from a linebacker position, there's a couple of guys I like, but man, this guy, Devin Lloyd, I'm telling you, you can see how great of a fit he would be for this Miami Dolphins team. This guy is a straight dog. I totally advise you guys to check him out. So I picked him at 29th. I doubt that he will be there when it comes to draft time. I don't think there's, I think there's no way, no way in hell that this linebacker right here is going to fall to 29th. But if he is there, that 100% is something I am locking in. I don't need the whole time. I think right away, the Dolphins should be all over this guy. This guy went to Utah, linebacker, like I said, played three years in college. He's 6'3", 235 pounds. Man, this season that he just racked up last year, 111 total tackles, one forced fumble, four interceptions, two touchdowns, and ladies and gentlemen, eight freaking sacks the dude is a stud he's as physical as they get i'm telling you just watch the highlights <laughs> you'll know exactly why i am all in on devin lloyd next was the 50th pick okay here i was stuck man i'm not gonna lie to you obviously our needs are pretty much linebacker you know we need help in the offensive line position i'd like to get another edge player because i think depth is important i'd like to add another wide receiver even though we just spent money on cedric wilson running back as well i think some depth there as well because you know why the hell not so i was a bit stuck here I was stuck with the 50th pick. There was a lot of good prospects out there. A guy I like and whose his name is Pickens, wide receiver as well. He was there. I had Mitchie there as well from Alabama, wide receiver. But for some reason, I just said, man, you know, after picking this stud linebacker, like I really, really need a center. And the Dolphins do really need a center. Obviously, Zion Johnson was not on the board. That's one guy I would have took. So I reached a little bit here. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I wasn't too thrilled, but I went with Alec Lindstrom Center out of Boston College just because I was panicking, time was ticking, and I mean, just the need, the need of linemen here, you know, not knowing about Teron Armstead, you know, not what, like, I'm just so much uncertainty there. I felt the panic. I felt the pressure. I reached a little bit. You guys can judge that, but hey, that's what I went with on this mock draft. So I went with Alec Lindstrom, the center out of Boston College. He's six foot three, two hundred and ninety-eight pounds. Played all four years in college. He's as tough as nails. He really is. He's a three-year starter and a great communicator. Like good, good signs throughout the board. But he's definitely something that somebody that I definitely reached for. I believe he was like 80th ranked player total in the draft, and I picked him at 50. So. You guys uh, might make fun of me on that one, but I think it's solid. I think it addresses a need, and that's why I felt confident picking it. It was, it was a need that we needed. <laughs> a center is needed. And next, at pick 102, I got probably one of my favorite running backs in this draft. I mean, man, if we could get this guy at 102, James Cook, running back from Georgia. We get the young running back that all, all the fan base wants including myself. This guy is 5'11", 190 pounds. Dude, the dude can run. He is a bulldozer. 728 yards and seven touchdowns rushing last season. 
he wasn't done there, though. Also catching the ball out of the backfield, 27 receptions, 284 yards, and four touchdowns. So he had 11 total touchdowns last season in college for Georgia. Dude has quick feet, super quick, and it's just everything that you would just love to see from a young running back. It would be a perfect compliment to Tua, perfect compliment to the RPO game that we want to run here in South Florida. And we went with James Cook at 102. Next, at 121, I went with Wandell Robinson, wide receiver out of the University of Kentucky, Big Blue Nation's very own. Man, this kid had a hell of a season. I watched a couple of his games in college last season due to that big Kentucky run that they were having. Kentucky played really, really great in the college football season last year. So they were must-see TV. I tuned into a couple games, and man, this kid Robinson's athleticism was just amazing to watch. And then watching the highlights just solidified it even more. Like, man, I mean, if you can get a guy like this that late in the draft, that would be... Man, take a look at him. Remember, all these guys that I'm naming, please take a look so you see what I'm talking about. And last season... Like I said, hell of a season, 104 receptions, seven touchdowns, 1,334 yards catching, 5'11", 185 pounds, quick, he's a gadget guy, he's tough as nails. This was a no-brainer for me, especially at 121. Now, at 125, a couple picks after that, here is a player that I don't know a lot of people may not know about, but... My uncle told me about this guy, Leo Chanel, linebacker out of Wisconsin. Listen, this guy is a freaking stud. Please just, right after you listen to this podcast, please go look at this guy. This guy is a freaking freak. He's built as hell. His physique is crazy. His strength is on point. This guy is six foot two, 261 pounds. He had eight sacks last year, two forced fumbles, 96 tackles. Man. The dude is tough as hell. He's a great tackler. He's great against the run. He's strong as fuck. Like he, listen, there's a a center, Tyler Linderbaum. He's probably the best center coming into the draft. He had trouble against him. So there goes to show you, this guy is a stud. Now, he was there at 125. I think there's absolutely no chance that he's going to be there at 125. But that's how the mock draft fell to me. There was no way I was just going to ignore like he's not there. So I went right ahead and took him as well. So I went double linebacker in this draft just because, hey, sometimes you got to call for BPA. BPA being best player available. Leo was there. I had to take him. I had to do it. Then with my last two picks, I pretty much went with need here. I went with Zach Tom, the offensive tackle from Wake Forest seeing what we can do for him, you know, maybe move him around, see if he's got some game. I've heard great things about him. And then I went with my last pick. I just pick a punter, the best punter available at the time. And that's how I rounded off my first official mock draft. So let me know what you guys think about my mock draft and share some share some of yours with me. Now, let's dive into my uncle's mock draft. I think you guys are going to like this one a little bit better. A lot of similarities, but I mean, I'll let you guys be the judge. So let's let's read off my uncle, my uncle Ralph's mock draft here. Big Dolphin fan as well. Those of you guys who don't know. All right. With his first pick at 29, he went with Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Man, listen, <laughs> this guy Burks is a baller. He is a stud, might be one of the best receivers coming out of the draft. I mean, he's right up there. I think he's 
he's definitely at the top. Like, the dude is a straight baller. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. Absolutely love that pick from him. Traylon Burks, 6'2", 225 pounds. They compare him to A.J. Brown. A lot of similarities in their game. And you can also see that on the YouTube highlights as well. Last year, he finished with 66 receptions for 1,104 yards, racking up 11 touchdowns with that and one rushing touchdown. So 12 total TDs. He had this game against Bama. He caught eight receptions for 179 yards. This guy went to Arkansas going against Bama. Bama's cornerbacks are obviously always top notch when it comes to college football. He caught eight for 179. I mean, there goes to show you. He's got huge hands. He's got the size and speed. He's great at route running, and his acceleration is top-notch. Traylon Burks, I think this was an excellent pick by Ralph at 29. <laughs> that would excite the hell out of me if we could get a player like that. Next at 50, he went with Drake Jackson out of USC. This is an edge rusher. I personally really, really like this pick. Drake Jackson is probably one of the best pass rushers in this draft, and man, Honestly, a lot of people argue, do we really need an edge rusher? I personally think we do. I mean, I think we only have Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Ogba. God forbid something happens to one of those guys or one of those guys go down with an injury, we'll be fucked. So getting a guy like Drake Jackson, who's the best of the best right here, coming in at 6'4", 250 pounds out of USC. He had five sacks last year, one forced fumble, a fumble recovery. And at INT, he has an array of pass rush moves. He's athletic, long strides, backside quickness. This guy is all about the smoke. Like, he wants all the smoke. Drake Jackson at pick 50. Excellent, excellent pick there. At 102, here's when he went with the linebacker that I said on my mock draft and Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. So, obviously, same background that I gave you guys. He went with him at 102. Obviously, that's probably where he's going to end up going. I mean, I doubt he slips all the way to 125 like I had on my mock draft. I mean, there's <laughs> pretty much no chance in hell. So a little bit of a more uh, realistic approach here by Ralph picking Leo at 102. So you got the linebacker you want. So you got the wide receiver. You got the edge rusher. You got the linebacker. This, this mock draft is looking way better than mine right about now. Then at 121. He went with the same running back I chose out of Georgia, James Cook. Like I said, the dude is a stud, 5'11", 190 pounds, had 11 total touchdowns in college last year. Man, picking him at 121, <laughs> that would be good. So, so far, wide receiver, edge, linebacker, running back. Great, great, great mock draft so far. Then with his final pick here, he didn't give me his last two. I'm assuming he went BPA for those last two, but his pick at 125 was offensive tackle. Kellen Dyche, I believe is the, how you say his name. I might be botching that a little bit, but an offensive tackle out of Arizona State. He's 6'7", 301 pounds. He has efficient movement. He's talented cross-face cut blocker in zone. He's a good move blocker. A lot of good things I saw in his profile. This is from the NFL.com. Um, hey, <laughs> position of need. Offensive tackle, offensive line, can't get enough of those, especially here in Miami. And that is Ralph's mock draft. So let me know who you guys think did better. Personally, there's a lot of great prospects here. I think both of these drafts overall were good. I think they were solid. I really, really like Ralph's. I think mine was just solid, honestly. I think I'll give the edge to Ralph. I think there was a nice balance there, you know, picking a wide receiver, going to edge, getting a linebacker and a running back. He addressed every single need that you needed. But let me know what you guys think. I want to hear from you guys. And there's also a lot of great prospects out there. I mean, honestly, when I was doing my research, 
I mean, Tyler Linderbaum from that center is a beast. Like, if he's there at number one when we're picking at 29, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Those of you guys who love linebackers, take a look at Devin Lloyd, like I mentioned. Take a look at N'Kobe Dean. He's also a beast. And then Leo, who me and Ralph both took, that guy impressed the hell out of both of us. Uh, offensive tackles, those of you guys that are into that, you want to look at some. Tyler Smith, that's a guy I really like. Look at Darian Kennard for later rounds as well. And then, hey, wide receivers, a lot of talented wide receivers. Look at George Pickens. Look at Burks as well. Look at David Bell, Justin Ross. That's another guy. You guys that like running backs, look at Kenneth Walker. Look at James Cook. James Cook can be had later in the draft, ladies and gentlemen. Like, if you can get that stud later on, that would be big time. But other running backs, Isaiah Spiller's one that many know about. Brian Robinson as well from Alabama. Take a look at those guys. There's a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of good prospects here. I'm looking forward to it. That was the first set of mock drafts, though. Things are going to change up a bit. I'll have another mock draft next week for part two. I'm going to see if I can get one from Ralph as well. That would be nice if we could just read mine and his leading up to the draft so we can get some two different perspectives on things. So, But let me know if you guys have any mock drafts. Share them with me on Twitter. Draft season is one month away one month away so we're right there dolphin fans like we're right there to getting some more coverage but before we wrap up here in other news in the nfl i mean i would be crazy not to talk about this and that is that there was a couple of big trades that went down and one big trade in particular being that matt ryan is a Indianapolis Colts. So getting traded from the Falcons, going to the Colts. A lot of people really, really like this move. A lot of people still believe in Matt Ryan. They say that this guy's a stud. But to me, I just don't see it. I just think, I don't know. I just think Matt Ryan is just not that impressive. I mean, some things get old and they get old quick. And to me, Matt Ryan just, he doesn't impress me. And neither do the Indianapolis Colts. But Hey, credit to the Colts, man. They just keep moving. They don't wait. They're not patient at all. Like, if if somebody's not working, they just on to the next, on to the next. So, hey, credit to the Colts for keeping things moving. But the big trade that happened was Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. So Deshaun Watson finally gets his wish and being traded out of Houston. He goes to Houston along with a fifth-round pick to the Browns. I mean, from Houston to the Browns, and the Texans get three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. So the Texans got a freaking haul. Three first-round picks, a third, and a fourth? Listen, that is an expensive quarterback ban, but hey, Cleveland Browns had to do what they had to do to get a quarterback. Obviously, they still want to compete, and they're pretty much getting an elite top-five quarterback, in my opinion, in Deshaun Watson. So if everything is clear with him, if he doesn't get suspended, nothing happens. If it's clean, this is, to me, I think this is a great move by Cleveland. Cleveland obviously picking up Amari Cooper as well. They have a nice defense. I like what they got there. Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Peoples-Jones is a wide receiver. They got Nick Chubb, one of the best offensive lines in the game as well. So Watson is going to be playing behind a stack line, a great running back in Nick Chubb. A great wide receiver in Amari Cooper. And if they could bring back Jarvis Landry, I heard there's rumors that they're trying to get him back. Obviously, he wanted out, but maybe with Deshaun Watson, it changes things. I know Watson wants him back. So if you can add Jarvis to this mix, man, Cleveland is going to be freaking scary. So 
I feel bad because Joe Burrow, he is going to have his hands full trying to compete against the Browns. And obviously, that's one of the best divisions in the NFL. When you think about the Ravens, you think about the Steelers, now the Bengals emerging, and now Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. That's going to be scary, but... Really wanted to touch on those two trades. I think that was a big-time move from Cleveland. Obviously, I think the Texans did good. You waited this long, but you ended up with three first-round picks, a third and a fourth. Hey, I think that's really, really good value, value. So both teams, nobody really got fleeced here. I think it was a good move for both, and we'll see how it plays out. I guess Deshaun Watson's going to be playing this coming season, but we shall see. Alrighty, so let's shift things on over to some Miami Heat and NBA talk. Now, last time I spoke to you guys was on game day where the Miami Heat took on the Detroit Pistons. And that was pretty much a game where the Heat played one of those games where they said, you know what, let's just have a bad team stick around a little bit. Let's have some fun and then kick up late in the game. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. Was a little bit of a slow start, but overall, the Miami Heat took care of business, got things done behind Tyler Hero, scoring 29 points, five rebounds, four assists, couple of late buckets down the stretch, and overall leading the Heat to victory. Couple days off after that, then we stayed at home, taking on a bad Oklahoma City Thunder team. Now, for this game, the Heat weren't taking it easy at all from the jump. I mean, they got into a pretty big, big lead. A lot of guys were able to play. Omer Yurtsevin was able to get some minutes. Udonis Haslam was able to get some minutes. Kyle Guy, Javante Smart. We were pretty much able to empty the bench, and the Heat won 120-108. to Leading score of that game was, who else? Tyler Hero, of course. 9 of 13 from the field. Had 26 points in that outing. 7 rebounds. And for assist, Bam Adebayo was also 8 of 10 from the field. That's noteworthy for sure. 19 points, 9 rebounds. Duncan had five threes. He got it rolling. 19 points in that game. On the Oklahoma City side of things, Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues to impress. He had 26.7 rebounds, 4 assists. Obviously, really, really love that kid. But Miami Heat taking care of business against a bad team just like they should and that set up a pretty interesting matchup against the philadelphia 76ers on the road in philly on monday night the miami heat were able to get all their guys back including jimmy butler so i was excited to see the team of kyle lowry jimmy butler bam pj tucker duncan morris hero we had all of our guys except oladipo unfortunately and philly went out there they were playing a second night of a back-to-back And they rolled out there without James Harden and without Joel Embiid. So I was a little bit bummed out because I was really looking forward to that matchup. I just wanted to see star power against star power. I wanted to see where we match up against this team at full strength. And they rolled out there with a starting lineup of Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, Georges Niang, Tobias Harris, and at center was Paul Millsap. And throughout the beginning of the game, you know, you started seeing this heat from Tyrese Maxey. Like, okay, you know Tyrese Maxey is going to get buckets. I mean, the dude is an absolute stud. He gets buckets every single night. And you kind of got the vibe like, oh, this is going to be one of these games. (laughs) And by one of these games, Heat fans, you know, it's when a team is undermanned, but the Heat just 
find a way to just keep a team in it and not take care of business early try to flip a switch late then it's too late the other team is already hot players start making shots out of their ass and that's pretty much the recipe of what happened i mean jimmy butler was the only guy where from the start he was just on point everybody else was just missing threes it was just bad defense bad communication i mean kyle lowry ended up with a pretty solid game but for example tyler hero i mean 5 of 15 10 points only it was a bit of a struggle for him bam out of bio finished 9 of 14 from the field for 22 points and 9 rebounds the stats look good but it was just when it was time to really really pull away from the sixers team the heat just failed to do so but Kyle Lowry did have a solid game, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 6 for 11 from 3. He was big time. Jimmy Buckets, 8 of 15 in his return, 27 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. But none of it was enough to sustain what the Sixers had going. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, 9 of 15 from the field, 28 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He had it going. Shake Milton off the bench, 9 of 18 shooting. My goodness, he had 20 points. Korkmaz, 7 for 12 off the bench with four three-pointers and 18 points. Well-rounded scoring throughout by the Sixers, and they just made timely buckets, and they made timely buckets down the stretch, and ultimately the Heat lost. I mean, is it panic time? No. I saw the timeline freaking out. They were panicking, of course. That always seems to happen when we play a good team and we lose. It sucks, okay? I, I'm somebody who hates the 76ers a lot, so I hate going down and losing to Philly, especially there, and especially when we're at full strength and they have no Joel and no Harden. You know, you want to win that game, but you flip the page. The season goes on. The season's almost done. I mean, it's incredible. There's only 10 games remaining in this Miami Heat schedule, so hey, I mean, at this point, we're just thinking playoffs. We're thinking playoffs, and we have a nice nice playoff type of matchup tonight in Miami where we're taking on the Golden State Warriors. Miami at this point is an eight-point favorite, which is a lot of points that they're getting, but that's pretty much because Stephen Curry is most likely out. I don't think he's returning from this game. He did get injured a couple games ago, and Warriors are playing a second night of a back-to-back, obviously playing the Magic last night. Coming into Miami, a little short road trip, but I think the Heat being fully healthy, which I'm assuming they're going to roll out all their guys, maybe not Oladipo, but I like our chances against the Warriors. Pretty much without Steph Curry, Warriors could be got, and they have been getting got. <laughs> Honestly, like Klay Thompson has not really found his rhythm, like the rhythm where we expect Klay to be. Obviously, he has games here and there where he lights it the hell up, and he can get high at any moment. Jordan Poole, he's been an absolute stud. Draymond Green just returned into the lineup. He's definitely still getting back into the flow of things, still on a little bit of a minute restriction, and obviously missing their top guy in Steph Curry. So I think the Warriors can get got here. I think the Heat got what it takes to win this game. Win it handily, I don't know. It's hard to just rule a team out, especially a team like the Golden State Warriors, but they've been struggling, man. They have not been consistent as of late. I think when everything comes back, like Steph Curry comes back, I think that's when they'll they'll be ready to roll. James Wiseman is still out. Andrew Wiggins has been freaking struggling since the All-Star break. So this is, this is a good time to play the Warriors now. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be an entertaining matchup. Then our next game is Friday night against the New York Knicks. This game is in Miami. 
this should be a beatdown. Obviously, I don't need to get into it, but the Knicks are not a good team. Julius Randle has been struggling. Their rotation looks a mess. I mean, nothing convinces me that the Knicks even have a chance against Miami. So I think it should be an easy win for us. And then second night of a back-to-back Saturday, we're taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Brooklyn Nets sitting at 38-34, and 34, eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. It's go time for them. Kevin Durant has been balling out of his mind. Kyrie Irving as well. I mean, he just netted 60 points against the Magic last week. He's coming into Miami. He will play this game. This game is on the road. This is going to be an entertaining matchup, and I'm looking forward to it. I think the Nets right now, they mean all business. Obviously, they're trying to get out of that playing spot. I don't know if they have enough time to get out of it. But best believe we're going to get the Brooklyn Nets best, best game when we play them on Saturday night. So that's going to be a hot ticket to go to. That game's on NBA TV. That is definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. But yeah, 10 games left in the Miami Heat season. Like things are really, really gearing up here. Headed towards playoff time. This is pretty much that final race to the finish line. But let's talk about the three games of the week that I personally am going to keep an eye on. First things first. Remember, I'm not saying any Heat games because I definitely would pick that Heat and Nets game. I think that's definitely must-see TV. But I am going with the Nets and the Memphis Grizzlies. This game is in Memphis. It's tonight at 7.30 on ESPN. Grizzlies are a favorite, but like I said, the Nets, it's go time. Kyrie Irving is playing in this game. Kevin Durant is playing in this game. And you're going against the Memphis Grizzlies who are red hot, have John Morant. They're 49-23. and 23. This game... On ESPN, man, primetime television, that's going to be a treat to watch. Definitely keeping it locked in on that, flipping back and forth with the Heat game in that one. Then another game, the Suns taking on the Denver Nuggets. Now, you think about it, it's like, man, that could be a boring game. To me, it's not. I think watching the Phoenix Suns play basketball, especially behind Devin Booker, has been so entertaining. Devin Booker has been taking this step, kind of more of a point guard, really showing his all-around skills, getting a lot of assists, a lot of rebounds, and scoring the ball since Chris Paul has been out. I personally enjoy that, being a big Devin Booker fan myself. Mikel Bridges also has been balling. He's another guy who's really, really fun to watch, a guy that plays both ends, and those are my type of guys. Like If you can lock down defensively, especially an opponent's best player, and get you some on the offensive end, I like watching you. And then, hey, you're in Denver, tough place to play in. That's the team you eliminated last year in the playoffs. Going against Jokic, who's having an unbelievable season, that's it. I mean, why the hell not? Tough, tough matchup here, pretty even matchup. I think it's going to be a freaking great game. So that is definitely my second game of the week. And then my third game of the week that I'm keeping an eye on is Saturday night as well. So Saturday, here's the matchup. Milwaukee at 44-27 and 27 going on the road to take on the 49-23 and 23 Memphis Grizzlies. Got the Grizzlies again. So Bucks, obviously world champions last year. They're playing great basketball. They could be better. Giannis is a freak himself going against the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I want to see the Memphis Grizzlies in these type of games, playing against the stars like Kevin Durant, playing against the stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo, seeing where exactly they rank. Like, are they really built? Are they really ready to take this next step? Memphis Grizzlies being put to the test in a lot of the games this week. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see how Ja handles that pressure. And those are my three games of the week. But the NBA season, guys, is winding down and winding down fast. So it's the race to the finish line. Let's see how it goes. Enjoy some great basketball. 
And thanks for listening to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that wraps up episode 62 here on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, making me a part of your day. Hope you guys enjoyed that Dolphin segment. Hope you enjoyed those mock drafts. Send some over my way, please. I can't tell you guys enough. A lot of you guys have been sending me some. I do love them. Keep them coming. Send them over to me on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can find me at. And please, let me know what you think about my mock draft. <laughs> let me know your thoughts on that. Um, guys, the NBA season, obviously, like I said, race to the finish line. It's getting hot. Looking forward to talking more NBA coming up. More mock drafts coming up. whole bunch of stuff. So keep it locked in here. Once again, thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.